welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dillon Bear, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Basson, bringing the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's good, webheads? Welcome to Sports Carnage, along with Paul Roshan and Ryan Griffin. I'm Matt Basson, Dylan Bear, M-I-A. Uh, we got some we got some stuff to talk about, gentlemen. It's not looking good for our Spartans right now. Is uh, With Mark D'Antonio gone, they thought they had their man, didn't have their man, and now it's scrap that plan and figure out something else. Uh, we are definitely talking about football this past weekend. The XFL. Hell yeah, we are. Absolutely. Post-Super Bowl football, baby. And, of course, NBA trade deadline. But, guys, <laughs> uh, we got a little bit of a shit show going on in East Lansing. Uh, it hasn't been handled well. <laughs> that is putting it very nicely. I mean, it's... To tell this story, have you watched Birds of Prey yet? No, I have not seen Birds of Prey yet. Ryan, have you watched Birds of Prey yet? No. All right, so neither of you will have any idea what I'm talking about. But Harley Quinn kind of narrates Birds of Prey, right? And she does this thing where she kind of jumps into all the shit near the beginning of the movie. And then she's like, we need to start from the beginning. And then he kind of takes you back, It's Deadpool-y. That's kind of where you need – what you need to do with MSU – you kind of need to go way back. I mean, this has been brewing for a long time. And as anyone who's listened to the show would know, as you guys know, me and many people have been on this. This is D'Antonio's last year train forever. Like, and we talked about this a little bit last week, like, except, no, we didn't. We didn't podcast last week. <laughs> I forgot. We did? We did podcast We did. Last. We it talked, just we talked about it amongst ourselves. <laughs> yes. We did not put it out for our listeners, but we talked amongst ourselves last week about this. This has been a long time coming, and it really felt like this was going to be D'Antonio's last year. And nothing epitomized it more to me like watching him after the Illinois game wander aimlessly around the field like he couldn't find his ride to the senior home. Well, he was taking uh, it all in. It, it, yeah, he was taking it in all right. Hey, taking in the loss <laughs> like, the 25-point Why lead am I still moved? here? Uh, it, it just, it always felt like this was going to be the end result. And then it wasn't. He had this presser and he's like, we're going to run it back. Except One more time. everything that was going on, it didn't make sense. I mean, if you look at the way he's coached, if you look at the staff retention, the lack of changes, if you look at recruiting. So for a long time, Oof. MSU was bad and they didn't recruit well. But then MSU didn't suck, and they started recruiting well. And then you ran all three top 25 classes in a row, and you started acting like a real program, right? Yeah, and it was then nice. Lately, the things have started to derail again. But this last year, there was no effort. There was legitimately no effort. You guys signed a total of zero blue-chip recruits. Zero. Zero four- and five-star recruits. Now, you're not going to sign – 25 blue chippers a year not alabama it's not gonna happen but man we're the program that turns three stars you were signing that's not that's not even true even (laughs) a little bit for every Lavian bell there is four trey waynes that were highly regarded coming in and jack conklin's uh still first round pick mm -hmm. baby you guys were signing double digit blue chip recruits every year for a while you signed zero this year your top ranked recruit 
who was in the 400s, was a legacy guy. He was a guy that you, you really couldn't mess up. I mean, his dad played for is he, MSU. Is he another Bulla? So, he's not. He, he's uh, he Eric Snowson. Uh, <laughs> but he, another legacy kid. So, that was the cream of your crop. And it didn't – there was a fall off from him. Like, none of the things that were good – that's not the mark of a man who is actively doing his best job for your program. That actively plans – to do well for your school into the future. It is a man that is completely checked out and doesn't know why he's there anymore. And the big thing, and I know this riles people up depending on what side you are, although a lot of Michigan State fans that I've talked to are fully on the Mark D train, he had a bonus in late January. A good bonus. (laughs) It was like $4 million. A little over. And he had to be employed in late January. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, they could have worked it out. The school's going to give him that money anyways. Personally, I think that's nonsense. Uh, MSU, I don't care about all the money that they get from the Big Ten TV network and all the stuff they have going on. I don't think Mark D'Antonio retiring in December after the bowl game, I don't think the school is going to turn around and be like, I know you tanked the last couple of years, but here's a $4 million parting gift because you had some a good five-year stretch. Like, I don't think that was going to happen. It's very... Very much a narrative that's out there that, oh, he could have retired and they would have worked it out and they would have. I don't think that was going to happen because y'all need the money. You need the money to pay the next guy, to pay the next staff, to pay all of the legal shit that you have going on, which, by the way, Mark D'Antonio is still very much going through. You can't tell me that the million hour deposition and the Curtis Blackwell stuff hasn't been weighing weighing on him. He stayed. He told the AD a couple weeks ago he was done conspicuous timing to say the least and you're left in a spot where you've missed the cycle of the coaching cycle pretty much everyone good has been hired out and when the news broke it was like all right it's it's no big deal we got a plan in place luke fickle's our guy and little backstory for those that don't know luke fickle and mark d'antonio are great friends they coached together for a long time they were on that national title-winning staff together. Uh, Luke Fickle has talked many times about his relationship with Coach D, and when he had things going on with his own programs, he was the first person he called. He called Mark D'Antonio, and he'd ask him questions. How, how, how would you handle this? What, what is your opinion of this? They have a very good relationship. So early reports came out that Fickle was the guy. They had it lined up. It was going to be a matter of time. They had to hammer out a couple details, and boom. Fickle's replacing... Mark D'Antonio, done. But there was a lot of pushback from the Cincinnati side, and they're like, wait, no. Luke himself said, I haven't talked to anybody in East Lansing. No one's contacted me. Now, they say, uh, it's a lot of coach speak that goes on, and there's a lot of, during this process, lies told by everyone. Uh, I mean, it's not uncommon at all for a coach to be like, I'm spending my next 10 years here, and the next week he's on a jet to his new destination. It's not uncommon. But Fickle has been a little different in the fact that he's turned down over half a dozen Power 5 jobs before MSU. He's been building he really a good has, program there for the he Bearcats. He really has, correct. He's been building a good program at Cincinnati. By all accounts, he has his eyes on bigger prizes. Uh, Notre Dame, rumored to be one of them. Maybe Ohio State, if they were going to make that plunge and Ryan Day jetted to the NFL or something. He has bigger options that he might set himself up for. He's got a large family that really likes it in Cincinnati. He's built something there. And, oh, by the way, 
he's bringing in a recruiting class that's better than MSU's, despite being a group of five program, with a headliner quarterback, almost a top 150 talent at quarterback, uh, a blue chipper, if you will. Uh, so he's got a lot going on for him there. And he said, no, I haven't even talked to anyone in East Lansing yet, in the midst of when all these reports were breaking that it was basically a quote-unquote done deal. And uh, Cincinnati, everyone around the program was like, no, no it's not. Like, uh, we, there's, If you're going to do this, there's negotiations going on. Fickle has a decision to make, whatever. He's got to talk to his family. And uh, people are like, oh, well, they could be talking to his agent or his lawyers. By all accounts, Fickle doesn't have any. Uh, much like Coach Harbaugh, Fickle has been taking care of his own business himself. Like, like Harbaugh's done, like Richard Sherman does. We're in, it's 2020, baby. We don't need agents anymore. We're men. We can take care of our own things. So Fickle said he wasn't talking to anybody, and comes out he wasn't. And you got your your swaggity swag AD, your AD that's not really <laughs> no swag. not really an AD. There is no, no swag in that AD. No experience doing anything. Yeah, that was the, the worst description of Bill. Yeah. It was very. That AD looks like a armchair thick quarterback. On, thick on the facetiousness. For those of you that haven't seen Bill Beekman, he looks like. He belongs in the Ditka SNL skits. He he really does look out of place in pretty much any situation. Like he never, he's not the kind of guy that ever looks like he belongs anywhere. He's just like a dude, the squarest of squares. And you send him on a plane with a team of people to Cincinnati to obviously meet with Luke. And they come back empty handed, but still signing seems imminent. And then Monday morning breaks, and Luke's like, I'm good. I'm staying in Cincinnati. Where do you go from here? There's no good options, really. Not good options. There's some salvageable things that we'll get to, but as far as good options, like Ryan said, let's roll with Trestle for an interim year and start over next year. You said that, didn't you, Ryan? Yeah, him, Barnett, whoever. So, But if you do that, now you are. We talked about how bad recruiting's been. You're not getting anyone to recruit for. You're not getting anyone to commit for the 2021 class to commit to a lame duck coach the, and a school. I mean that I don't really care about. Well, I know you don't. Like you as a like as a fan, I'm looking. Wait, 10, yeah, you're like 15 <laughs> years. I don't care if we lose a recruiting class. What? And that's you know what? That is a very good outlook because the delusion is still rampant today that people think the right guy is going to come in and have a three year turnaround. I don't care if you hire Nick Saban. It's going to take six years to get this thing rolling, at least. And that's if you nail, like, just an awesome coach who's full of piss and vinegar and can recruit and coach. Like, it's still going to take you six years to get this thing turned around the way, like, that you want it to be and that you're winning nine games every year. No no way. Nick Saban comes back. Spartans are back in business in two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all all those transfer portals, baby. All those transfers. You guys guys are not – Stanford, but you still have standards, some standards. Not with Saban. You, can, <laughs> you cannot just dip into whatever coffers you want and take all of the kids. Bet. And not not to mention, there are things that Saban wouldn't do. Like, Saban actually is funny. Uh, <laughs> like, take the job. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's absolutely true. Why I like that we're actually having a discussion about this. Like, it would ever, ever happen. The point was, it doesn't matter who you get. Maybe this is a blessing this, this guy. This is a long-term fix. Very long-term. Right. For anyone that would so, actually come to Michigan State, that's the thing. Like, there are certain guys you could pick out there that the turnaround would be a lot quicker than six years, but none of those guys are coming to Michigan State. So, 
You're absolutely well, right. Whoever not, comes in, it's going to be a, a patient even, even process. If you get, even be. if you were to somehow nab P.J. Fleck from Minnesota, which would never happen, he's going to tell you to fly a kite because he's in a much better Oh, P.J. Fleck's but, not the guy I was thinking of for if we could take less than six well, years. Anybody you want. <laughs> if you had gotten Luke Urban Fickle, like, it doesn't matter because it, you still have to get the less guys miles, in baby. your program. Like, it's going to take just that much time to build depth back into your program. You have no talent left. Not only do you have no coaches, but you have no talent left. And you cannot just bring in, in one year or two years, a fill a roster with talent and depth. It doesn't happen. I mean, look at look at Michigan. And Michigan started from a much better place than you guys are starting from right now. Brought in one of the most heralded coaches in the world. Plucked him right from the NFL. Massive success. He got a ton of good classes. And... We're just now to the point where we have talented depth everywhere, and then we're not rolling out garbage cans in the second string. It takes time, and well, yeah, you can take some more JUCOs. That you can take some more JUCOs. You can do a few different things, but it, it's not. It takes time, and not only that, but you're Michigan State, so hire the best coach in the world. It's still going to be hard to get kids to come in. You're winning three games next year. I, I, Dark D'Antonio could have stayed. Urban Meyer could coach next year. You're winning three games. You're not. That's it. You're a three-win team next year. Coming off a not great season this apology year. Apology when we go five win, and seven next year. Uh, you'll get one. <laughs> yeah, I'll buddy. say whoever the hell you hired as coach, hire, sign him up for a lifetime contract. After Harlan, after Harlan Barnett, five, five, five wins next year is a great success. And I don't. I say that with no sarcasm at all. I mean, it is a great success if you somehow win five games next year. I will say, holy shit. That is one of the better coaching jobs in the country. That's Big Ten Coach of the Year status. Because five games is going to be borderline impossible. You're winning three games next year, and you have no talent on the roster. Who wants to come play for that? Even if you got a good coach, who wants to be first and come play for you? So you're like, well, we got to start small. we got to hammer the region. Yeah, early playing time. Y'all want to start in the Big Ten? Come on. So here's the problem. Mm -hmm. Your region, you're trying to recruit Michigan hard. Recruit the state of Ohio hard. Look, you have look, to compete man, you really with. You want to be third string at Ohio State? Come be first string at Michigan State. <laughs> Before those guys, you're competing with Michigan, and you're competing with Ohio State. But that's not all. See, Michigan you want to be State. Second string at Michigan, or you want to start? Michigan first? State, for a long time, made their way, getting the castoffs that Michigan and Ohio State couldn't take out of those two states. But the problem is, you haven't even been getting those anymore because. Cincinnati's taking them. No, they're going to Luke Fickle. Kentucky is right. taking them. Kentucky's been a huge thorn in the side lately, taking those medium prospects from the state of Ohio and the state of Michigan. Well, their their coach is the uh, the, the, the other the, one, the next yeah, guy. Exactly, he's next in line. Stoops. Yeah, Mark yeah. Stoops. I don't think he big, would take the Daddy job. Stoops. I do not think he no, would. No, me take, neither. No, that's the problem. So you guys are in such a bad position. It's such a long road back. And everyone wants to sit here, and believe me, your administration is incompetent. You don't have a real AD. You have a well, board no, of trustees. We're coming off a ginormous fucking discredit, like completely destroying the foundation of Michigan State was Larry Nasser. Like, we have but not recovered is, from that at all yet. But that's not still, an excuse to not hire a real AD. I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm just saying it's facts. Like, you have, there are huge problems at Michigan State above a football coach. You guys would have been better off to call Domino's, call Toys R Us, all right, and say, hey, I heard Toys R Us is I heard you guys know a guy that's got some Big Ten AD experience. 
send them our way. It's there's not many people you could hire that would be worse. Now the board of trustees, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed because those are public officials that are voted on and they get like eight year terms. So you're just boned there. But everyone wants to blame. Out here talking shit about coaches in the media. Everyone wants to blame the board for everything. But if you hire a real AD, the AD can tell the board to fly a kite. I'm doing it this way. We're going to run it this way. And yes, they have to sign off on it. But do you think the board of trustees is going to risk their skin and be like, nah, you can't bring in Luke Fickle? Nah, we're not signing off on Bob Stoops because we don't like the way you handled the process. Everyone wants to blame the board. Like, oh, well, they wanted to... They wanted to interview more minority candidates and they wanted to drag out the process and the board wanted to slow things down and that's what gave Fickle time to deliberate and turn us down. I'm very passionate about this because, believe it or not, I actually do like MSU. I don't like to see the incompetence in my own state. Please please don't lie. I do not like... Our listeners. I don't... See, this is why I don't understand. And I get it. Like, you want me to hate because you guys? Because you don't. You, we have... Th- 30,000 years of message experience. Making fun of you and receipts and talking shit does not equate to dislike. Listen, I fucking make fun of you guys all the time. I talk mad shit to you guys all the time. It doesn't mean I don't like you. I love you guys. I don't love MSU as much as I love you guys, but I, I do like MSU and I want to see you guys succeed, just not as much as Michigan. I just want us to succeed more. You guys can be successful and us be more successful. It's fine. I don't care. My little sister's going to go there in a couple of years. I don't want it to be some clown show. I don't. Well, then, sir, you Why are you letting a attention. woman in your family go to Michigan State? Because you guys have a fucking phenomenal veterinary medicine program. One of the best in the entire country. And she is going to get a full ride. She can get a full ride from somewhere else. Not as, not as good animal size as shoulder. old moo you. No, it doesn't. Honestly. There are redeeming qualities about Michigan State. Not a lot right now, but there are redeeming qualities about Michigan State. It does give me pause. Like, I. But it, the thing that I feel good about MSU from that, not to derail this, but as far as all the rape shit, <laughs> the thing that does make me feel a little good about it is it's been so public and so bad that they're doing, as Dylan would say, a 360. They're railing in the Ooh. other direction. MSU, I really don't think, is going to get caught up and embroidered in further shenanigans in rape culture. Because once that happens, you've got to go all the way the other way. You're not just going to turn your cheek and keep doing things the way you did. And that's why, that's a big reason that you have the current board of trustees. Big bet. That you do. <laughs> is to change the culture at MSU. And whether they're incompetent or not. Have they? Oh, the, the, the same <laughs> culture that Luke Fickle didn't want to be a part of. It's not done yet. Listen, she doesn't, she's, she's a, she is a freshman right now. They didn't even start. One of them was fucking wilding out on Twitter. And then the other one she went on. She doesn't go to college. Roy Radio. She doesn't go to college for Fickle almost no. four years. You guys are going to be all right by then, a, okay? A waffling flake. You guys are going to be all right by then. I honestly think they sent him out to do damage control. And when I say damage control, I want to be clear. Send who I'm, out to do damage wait. control? Right. Uh, Moss, Mossman? Mossman? What the, how do you say his name? The guy who did the interview. Close enough. It's something like that. But when I say damage control, I mean they sent him out there to basically be like, hey, 
It wasn't our fault. We didn't hold this hey, thing up. Hey, tell Fickle to go fuck himself. That'll show him. The, uh, the sad thing is, like, no matter what they do, they're going to get flack now. Because they're not going to hire someone that anybody's happy with, so they're going to take flack no matter what. The sad thing is, what he said was not, like, crazy off-base. Like, Michigan State needs a coach that's all in and dedicated to rebuilding from the ground up. You don't... You can say that without calling the other guy a waffling <laughs> flake. He's he's weird, all right? He's a weird guy, and he's got his own we, verbiage. We respect Coach Fickle's decision. <laughs> I... We're still confident we can get a good, we can get a great football coach. There's still great football coaches out there. In the surprise, surprise! We'll Someone to in the fill the role for Michigan State University. Yada yada yada. You don't have to say shit. Except yeah, Luke Fickle's a great coach who made a made a decision he felt was best for his. I'll family. pretend to be shocked that someone in the MSU administration does not have great communication skills. But what he really said was, we need someone that's all in. At the end of the day. If we're going to have to beg you to come here. No, he said, we need someone that's all in, unlike stupid bitch-ass Luke Fickle. At the end of the day, that's if we're going to have to beg someone to come here, we don't want him. And he was very much implying that Luke Fickle was not about all the buy-in to MSU. And... Then fucking grovel. He could have picked better words. If he's only here for three years. He could have picked better words, but... In such a better spot. I do find it interesting that the same people that are very upset about this were very many of the same people. I don't paint you all in the same category, but I personally know many of the same people that are upset about his comments this morning were all about Ingler's strong face comments in the midst of controversy. So it's the same shit. I don't remember what he said. It's the same shit. They're, they're, they're just going out there. They're putting on a brave face, crying behind closed doors. It is what it is. But the thing is, where do you go Publicly now? insulting. Coaching I mean, it sounds it. like they're just going to go with Trestle. If you're going for someone who's all in, well, Trestle's well, all in. He's like been that? at Michigan State. So what I've been hearing is that Trestle's kind of a last option to them. Yeah, it makes From you feel good I've if you're heard, Trestle, huh? For, well, I mean, Trestle's the interim guy anyways. And unless he wins eight fucking games next year, they're not going to take off that interim tag. Oh, all the, all the players want Big Daddy Harlan. So from the sounds of it, they really do want to make their hire of the future now. I don't. Know I don't why. think there's a lot of good options that you could get to come there, Which but I do think there's do one. And I don't remember if I said this on podcast. Bill, Cowher. I know Dylan was mad about it. I don't think we talked about this on podcast. Lions game, but this game was this was in December. <laughs> this was in December we talked about this. And this was before – this was shortly after D'Antonio had said he's coming back. Jimmy Johnson. And we were still talking about coaching changes. <laughs> I think for a guy that you guys Mike could Holmes. actually get, being realistic, I think Jim McElwain would be a decent hire for the circumstances. I think he would be a very solid hire. I don't think he's going to return you to winning Big Ten champions. But I don't think – Anyone Anybody in the world is going to do champions. that. So I think he is a very safe hire for now to get you back to respectability. And you can see if he can get you to the borderline next tier where your goal is. Your realistic goal, I should say. Plenty of people have absolutely delusional goals. There's a problem with the, the delusional views is that we've been so close. <laughs> winning a Rose Bowl and winning a Cotton Bowl and going to the college football playoff, all these so closes to being at that next level gives people this delusion that we belong and that we should continue to have this level of excellency. And 
we can't we can hope for that but you can't believe that that's where we should be because we have very little history in college football showing Michigan State being there a long time ago when black people weren't allowed to play we played with them anyway we were there outside of that not much and so we have this brief history of being right there and it gives people this delusion that we should be there all the time. And we're not that program. I'd love to be that program, but we're not that program. So you have to be realistic about what you can accomplish at Michigan State. Can you accomplish winning the Big Ten once in a while? Sure. Should you be expecting to get involved five times out of a decade? No, you absolutely should not. But nine win seasons and sniffing a Big Ten title is something that we could do most of a decade. We are that kind of program where you're not fighting for a natty. You're maybe fighting for a Rose Bowl, but more likely, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl. And you have really good seasons of nine wins or so. That's a good season in college football. I mean, I think... I mean, if you if you win nine games, though, you're probably going to be at least in the hunt for the Big Ten, even if you're not right. third third in the, in the hunt is fine. We're not, but don't be expecting to win it. I mean, so the bar to me times. is every four years, play on New Year's Day. Like, that's your goal as a program. Play on New Year's Day every four years. It's not not the Rose Bowl. Not that New Year's Day. But have a, have a bowl around New Year's Day every four years. But more importantly, you have to have a floor of eight wins. Seven in a down year where your quarterback. Agreed. Absolutely. You have Michigan State, and this goes for all of the middling programs. Your goal is to raise the floor. Upper middling. Right now? No, just in general. Fuck you. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, they got the seven one. Your goal is to raise. No, I'm talking regular season. Your goal is to raise the floor to be a seven eight regular season win program every single year. And when you have a good year, threaten double-digit wins when you have a good year every few years. You guys aren't beating Michigan for a long time. You guys aren't beating Ohio State for a long fucking time. Your goal... Well, you're in that boat. Your goal... Oh, we are too, for sure. I agree. Um, not as bad. I mean, we can at least fucking not, try. You've had your seat years, warmer on that boat for a while. Even if the now. last two years haven't looked like it. Uh, your goal is to beat a team like Penn State every three years. And that's fine. That's just what you are as a program. And you, it's the most poignant thing you've ever said, Matt. The delusions came from that stretch of success where the stars aligned and every possible thing that could happen was perfect for you. Michigan was a dumpster fire. Penn State was a dumpster fire. You were in the Legends Division, or were we leaders? I don't even remember. No, we we were the legends. We were legends, right? Yeah. So there was Ohio a stupid State, ass. We were, leaders, which was we were the stupid ass leaders and legends divisions that we had. You were in the legends divisions with us when we sucked. The division was garbage. There was nobody good in there. It was a garbage division. And hey, we were everything good. was perfect. Michigan sucked. Penn State sucked. You were competing with Ohio State and Wisconsin, except neither of them were in your division. So. And you had your best run. You, you had a good program start to bubble up. Mark D'Antonio did his best work. You got a good mix of talent and unheralded guys that you could redshirt and raise up. So by the time they were juniors and seniors, they were real good system players. 
And all of that culminated in a couple Big Ten titles, a Rose Bowl win, and eventually a playoff appearance, even if you didn't show up for that. And that was great. But even when it was really we good, there, the were, first half. there were plenty of cracks and plenty of warnings that it wouldn't last. And the playoff appearance, not just the playoff appearance, but that entire year, it really was a big part of that. Because that year, you escaped to Michigan off a five-win season. When five wins a year before Harbaugh comes in his first year, and you needed a miracle to beat them. And then hey, you lose to Nebraska. you that whole game. No. Yes. No, the opposite. No. 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 Go look at the box score. We no. had better running, better you passing. Look at the box score. Go we look at the box score. Start to finish. Yes, we needed the we needed the we needed the trouble we with can, the snap. You needed but a we played better in that and you game. You got it. You lost to Nebraska, who was trash. That was awful. And yes, it was on a was so bad bad officiating call. For sure, it was. But that man still running out of bounds. And this is something that I am very very much hark on officiating, and you guys know how much I hate terrible officiating. Officiating is often the difference between good teams, between comparable teams. The problem is, you guys were worlds better than Nebraska. Worlds better. Nebraska was I know. The, the only reason that I know that you do hate Michigan State, though, is because if that happens to any other team, you still count it as That's a win. That's not true. If it's, if that, <laughs> that is if true. That, stop. This is, this is exactly what I'm saying. If that happened, Ohio State guys, won that game. If, stop. If that happened to you guys against Ohio State, I would absolutely treat it as such. A hundred percent. Michigan won in Michigan won against Ohio against State. Against Ohio, Ohio State. State you know what I never said? I never said the refs cost us against Iowa. We cost us by playing down to talent. I never said the refs cost us against that game. That's because the refs it's didn't It's a cost completely you. different game. Refs will cost a good team a game against another good team. But refs can't cost you a team against a trash team. You can't be in that position. The Army game. This year, the Army game that we almost lost on a travesty of a fucking officiating display, I would not have complained about the officiating and said they cost us that game because you can't play that tight with Army. They're not on your level. That's the difference. You do it against a good team, it's fine. So anyways, you had cracks that year. You should have lost to Iowa. Beat them. Congratulations. Amazing fourth quarter drive. Yeah. And you deserve to go to the playoff even if you were lucky to be there. No, but we and got unlucky we saw, by jumping Oklahoma for the three spot. We saw how lucky. It have just been the four seed. It would, have hit, it would have been a football game if we were the four seed. Who was the Alabama one Alabama just has our number. Uh, it was Who's, Clemson. Clemson. But they weren't Clemson uh, yet. Uh, that was no, a no, Deshaun no. Watson year. Yes. yes. I don't yeah. think that would have been. Well, Deshaun Watson went twice. It yeah, not, and had amazing games with Alabama and had amazing games with Alabama both years. Regardless, <laughs> we saw nothing. we saw you were lucky there, and there were cracks in the armor. But you guys had a great run, and that was really mostly the end of it. And the thing is, you have to realize what you are as a program, and you have to build on those things. Because if you sit there and you say, well, we're Michigan State, we can't settle, and we have to compete in the Big Ten, you're never going to. Those pie-in-the-sky operations are delusional, and you have to first understand what you are as a program, find actual program fits, and play within your own game. Which is why Fire. I like Bielma. Wisconsin's game not is our game. Not a culture fit. He was, you cannot, you he cannot was hire there. a guy that was running around with coeds at Wisconsin and was on the verge of getting fired, so he ran off to Arkansas before flaming out. You cannot bring that to your culture right Why? now. Why? It's allowed in our culture. No. 
<laughs> we are changing the culture. Are you Honestly, sure? The, yes, I'm. I haven't I'm pretty seen anything. Sure. I'm pretty positive. <laughs> no, right now, not, not not doing well so far. <laughs> I mean, not I see any change oh, in this culture. Look. It would honestly be like Louisville hiring Petrino again, except, except your transgressions have been much more publicly vilified, and you are a much higher institution than Louisville. Accusations. Eh, sure. What they should just do is hire the first full-time female college head coach, and then every recruit's mom will be pushing for Michigan State hard. Be on the forefront again, just like you were with the civil rights. I mean, and allowing that black is to that play. is going a ho- the Dylan's three sixty in the other direction, and it'd be good for PR, I guess. Speaking of PR, how do you guys not have a PR department? We don't have anything right now. What are you talking about? I'm sure we do. They're just on vacation. No, I don't think you do. They never. You never. No, you definitely do not have a real PR department. You guys just are off the cuff at all times. Well, you said real. Is there? I'm sure there's a director of public relations. But in in all seriousness, as far as like naming guys, uh, I don't. All the guys that you would name aren't going to come. You don't and think it's just about will come? No. Really? Not not having now. coached at MSU, yeah, well, being stuck at CMU right now, you really don't think you would come? Nah. But not now. I mean, if you ask them next year, you'd probably say yes. But hopefully next year, Malcolm Wayne's not your top option. But, like, as far as getting a guy who's more than just an interim, I'd take any young guy that you can find because at least you know that he'll he'll bring some energy to the recruits. Not to say that he'll get anybody, but he'll bring some energy to them. He probably has a more modern mindset when it comes to football. And you just kind of see what you have – with that in there, and if he's able to make any noise, any more noise than we've made recently on the recruiting trail, and then there's a guy next year that opens up, and you find out that you don't like any of those options better, maybe you can have this guy for even three, four, five years before he gets fired. But he's he left with a, a more he left Michigan State with a more solid base than uh, than Mark just did, and then they don't have to scramble. Even like next time, next time around. And that's that's what sucks about all this because, and we talked about it before. And Mark retired when he should have. You guys don't need well, a stopgap to stop but... the bleeding, and then hope that your second or third coach down the line can return you to respectability. Like now, you are literally stuck. Just I mean, you gotta you gotta cauterize the wounds right now, and it's it's such a bad place to be. And it's just so frustrating because there was no reason to be here. None. You had built something. You were in a good place. You could have continued to be in a good place for a while, moved on at a respectable time when things started going south. So you're saying two years ago. You're saying 2017, we should have cut everything off. There were many times that you could have done it. But, yeah, 2017 would have been a good time. Was but, that after but, three? But how, how are you spinning that when it's two years after a college football playoff that you are getting rid of everybody and restarting? Well, because you went 3-9 and the year before. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason. Uh, in in fairness, after 3-9, and they ten, went, what, 10-3 and three or something? They had a 10-win season. Which, th- that would have been a great right. time to do it. I mean, 
Yeah, that would have been an excellent time to retire. That would have been fantastic. Or even even last year. Even before last yeah. year. Yeah. Or even fucking after the bowl game this year. No, nah, this oh, year was... She muted. See, this year was bad. It shouldn't have gone. This this year still put you in a bad spot. It, it, it Not not as bad. If no, it, but you might be able to give fucking anybody that can convince some of their guys to come over. And it's like, I know you guys don't have shit for recruiting, but I can grab my top one or two guys. I, are you guys mad? Like, where are you guys at right now with Mark D'Antoni? Are you mad with how he very much destroyed what he built and then leaves high and dry at this I'm, moment? I'm probably mad at, like, the administration. Too mad at them to be too mad at Mark. Yeah, I'm with Ryan in that book completely. Well, and it's not even to say that, like, he's uh, less to blame or anything. He's just been fucking quiet since then. <laughs> so they've had all this more recent time to fuck up. And at, and at every stop, it's like, what are you doing? From fucking Beekman getting on the plane with his swagless ass to obviously not not coming home with, with anybody to the board of trustees out here fucking wilding out on Twitter and in the media. Like, it's, it's insane. It's pretty amazing. It's honestly, so I... So that's, that's where all the anger is directed. I only have so much anger I in my body. I know you, for no reason at all, Mark out here don't dodging believe bullets. me because you don't think that I can like both in-state programs. But... It's just that you don't. It is you comical. Can. You can be a Terry Foster. You just it don't. Is, it's comical to me to watch because it's they're not my team. I, I want you guys to have success, but at the end of the day, I'm not living and dying with it like you guys are. Obviously, my team is in Michigan, and we're in a world's better place, so I don't have to worry about any of this fucking nonsense. But we will have the same number of Big Ten titles over the next five years, though. Which is fine. Hey, I don't you. think that's true. I think we'll get one. But it, we might not. We might just keep fucking losing to Ohio State. But it's world's, world's better than where you guys are at. And it should be. I mean, overall, I mean, like you said, Matt, if you take the history of the program, I mean – Outside of when you guys decided to be the first people to recognize black people as people, uh, you guys haven't done anything, ever. There's another reason you don't like <laughs> Oh, my God. What is this hearsay? In, oh, my God. I, I really do. Bubba Smith. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here watching the Illinois-Michigan State game right now. Absolutely rooting for Michigan State. Like, I, why would it not be? There's no – you guys have never done anything that's like, fuck you guys. I don't like you. Like, you're – Michigan State. I mean, what? You guys aren't offensive. I mean, maybe if my sister went to your school like years ago, I would be more upset. But she didn't. We're a few years down the road, so that's all right. Uh, all right. I think, State, I think I mean, we've uh, I think we've beaten this horse to death. <laughs> Over forty-five minutes. Uh, just real quick on it, I am with Ryan on the fact that my anger towards the entire administration outweighs my anger at Mark D'Antonio. And see, the that makes so. That actually, that blows my mind. No, because the whole thing has been a shit show since Nasser. Since that all came crashing down, everything has been has been a shit show at Michigan State. The basketball program hasn't looked at the hype. Your coach didn't help bringing in sex offenders to the program. Did not help. Was not good. But the thing that blows my mind is your fake AD and your board of trustees and everyone that's in charge now, they only have to make all these hard decisions that they're not capable of because of the transgressions of Mark. Had he did things right, had he stepped aside when he should have, had he had actual succession plans in places, had he not tanked the fucking program of his own volition with no input from the board or the AD, this isn't a problem. 
They only are, they're only showing their ass right now to be incompetent because Mark fucked up. And that's where I would be so mad at him. Well, I, listen, it sucked last year when John Beeline left. It did. It hurt a little bit, right? But he left. We are a great program right now. Like, he brought Michigan basketball better than it's been in fucking forever. Through the sanctions that we had, through the, all the bullshit, through all the garbage coaches and terrible years, he came in, rebuilt the program, and at the height of it, he left us at the height of what he built so that we could turn around, hire a really good fucking coach, keep recruiting our ass off, and continue to be a top program in basketball. He got hired by an NBA team. You see an NFL team's lining up to hire Mark D'Antonio. <laughs> He didn't it's have not to. the same situation. No, but our uh, our, def- it, our defensive back coach just situation. got a job at uh, at UNLV. He could have left at any point in time. He it's could not have the same situation. He could have done anything. Moving on. I... So we had professional football this past weekend. Some teams and names that well, teams you hadn't heard of, names you had heard of, including a national championship, a punter who should still be in the NFL. I don't know why he's not. A Super Bowl contending linebacker. And hey, you call for PDs? Some quarterbacks and wide receivers that you've seen bounce around the league from time to time. The XFL made its long-awaited return after their disastrous first run in 2001, where they put a little too much professional wrestling into the football world and not enough professional football into the football world. This past weekend, we saw something very different. We saw competent football. We saw entertaining football. And it didn't feel like it was any kind of a joke. We saw new rules, some of which makes a ton of sense to implement into the NFL. Some make absolutely no sense. Uh, We saw different ideas regarding interviews right after touchdowns and mistakes, which was very entertaining at times. Uh, We saw Vegas betting lines... (laughs) On a season just starting for the first time ever. I don't know where they got their numbers from. It's so crazy. Uh, It's crazy. The first game, the Guardians game, they were spot on on the under, right? Like, it was like two points away from the over-under. And the spread was within, like, a field goal. Rigged. Rigged. Yeah, but then then they make the field goal, and then it got called back. Yeah, there there, there was a bad beat in the midst of the first game as well with the Guardians. So, Ryan, I know you watched it. Paul, did you watch the XFL at all? I watched a little bit of it. Not as much as I wanted to. Uh, but okay. I did go back and watch some because, well, I had planned to anyway. But if everyone had said it was garbage, I might not have. I would have probably just watched a little bit. But everyone was super. I used to watch Birds of Prey. Was super... <laughs> hey. It was definitely it was really not garbage. Really Ryan, you watched it with but me. But no, so everyone, everyone said it was really good. And I was hype about it. So, yeah, I went back and watched some. Uh, watched some of the record-breaking points allowed that we've already seen a coach fired over, which is amazing. I mean, that's That's amazing. It's so great. It's, it really is amazing. How do you get fired on your day off? I mean, come on. I mean, what is this? It is I mean, pretty It is pretty Wildcats amazing. The were not happy with uh, the defense you, you know where Pepper Johnson is from, though? He's from Detroit. Oh, uh, he has Detroit ties. Michigan State coach, baby. Oh, geez. Yeah, why don't you hire him as head coach? Well, he's got professional experience. Yeah, more than – we, we just need uh, someone he else running the He played for the Lions. <laughs> That's what it was. You know what? Uh, played it, for the Lions. What and stuck out to Detroit. me – Let's go. Was – and I seen 
What stuck out to me Went to was Ohio State, got Ohio ties. It didn't feel like trash. So nope. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like an arena football game. Oh, I yeah. used to go. I love the have arena a, We used to have a Detroit Fury team. We used to get free tickets all the time. We'd go every once in a while. I watched the um, Philadelphia Soul for years. Ron Jaworski and John Bon Jovi owned that team. Most semi-pro football like that is kind of an abomination of football. Like just the drop off in not even close to college level talent for the most part. It's it's just watching it feels gross. It just doesn't feel like the game that we're used to. And it doesn't have the redeeming qualities of college to kind of shine the polish that's not there on the product itself. This felt, to me, like off-season NFL. Kind of like, I mean, it looked like an actual football product, but... Not, not when we're really in the swing of things and everyone's at the top of their game. It was pretty seamless. The reviews, the Xbox controllers was much fun. I, I, I got a kick out of that. Although, well, according and the to, transparency of the according review to process, our good friend Dom, this has been a thing for a long time. But it was fun. The rule changes is the biggest thing. So the kickoff is super cool. Love the kickoff. I love the kickoff. It's now, perfect. the NFL, people are like, the NFL should adopt it. It needs to be tweaked for the NFL. You wouldn't be able to do... So the problem with the kickoff like that in the NFL is there would be too much randomness, and you would just randomly see fielding teams get locked up in a free touchdown out of nowhere without anyone actually making Absolutely. Plays. There'd be more touchdowns. They would need to adjust it. But it is perfect in, in the sense that it, it fixes all the problems with the NFL that have completely ruined the fucking kickoff in college, too. You get returns and make it safer. You take an important component of the game, some a component that single-handedly has made incredible careers. I mean, look at a guy like Devin Hester in, in the amount of fanfare and the fun that we got to watch him have. Mel Gray. In today's Detroit. rules, it does not have the career that he had. doesn't happen. Eddie Drummond, baby. So I want to retain that part of the game. But they need to fix it, and it's really ingenious the way they've done it. Now, I don't like everything, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of things. So people, And it's good because people want the XFL to succeed now. It, people are already looking at it with very rosy glasses. I saw a bullet list earlier today of all the things that the XFL did better than the NFL, and one of them was like great officiating or something. Or, like, no egregious calls or whatever, which is not true. No, there were plenty of bad calls true. this weekend in the XFL. I watched uh, Sean uh, Oakman um, absolutely murder a quarterback and get flagged for it, even though it was a super clean hit and he hit him, like, as he released the ball. But it was a big hit and he got flagged. And it was the same stupid shit you see in the NFL. And I was like, that kind of sucks. Not but as much, whatever. though. Definitely not as much. Not as much. That's true. Uh, but, no, for the most part, it was a good product. And it was entertaining. And it felt like football. It didn't feel, despite all the rule changes and the weird things, the product itself didn't feel like a gimmick. It didn't feel like a sideshow or a circus. It felt like something that if there's players I'm interested in and I have time, that I would sit down and watch and enjoy. Uh, Now, I'm not going to, unless they brought a team to Detroit, which they might eventually if it is successful, it would be a logical place to do so so we could actually have professional football in this town. But... That would be super cool. But outside of that, I mean, um, and there's not that many, but you got Michigan guys that I like on rosters or other college player, former college players that I was a big fan of. Though so that's kind of my rooting interest right now. Right. 
I'm not picking I, I don't have a team until you bring one here but it's something that for sure I'll tune in every once in a while but especially uh, this is a Houston Roughnecks podcast <laughs> <laughs> with the ratings that they pulled and, and now let's not get out of control they don't touch the NFL even the first weekend with all the hype did not touch any NFL okay hang that's on okay. before, before we get into the comparisons to. Ryan what well, did you think of it oh it was awesome man like I loved it the, so the football wasn't bad, which was cool. It wasn't NFL football. But what really, like, sets it apart is something that's not going away is the, the broadcast of it. And the fact that you have these guys that you're used to seeing, even if you don't like, you know, a guy like Joe Clatt, like, you see him and then it immediately is giving that legitimacy. Um, I've, I forgot. Oh, uh, Mike or Kurt Menefee, um was, I think it was opposite Joel Clatt or he was on a, another broadcast, something like that. Uh, but it's, it's just cool to see these guys that you hear and that you respect because you see them on TV, you see them on, you know, YouTube, on you hear them on radio, whatever it is all the time. So you know that this is different than even like the AAF was. And then the broadcast from like the, uh, the officiating reviews and the, the interviews that they're doing mid-game with uh, with the players, which you get some of that in the NFL too, but it's different for like the XFL. If you see a co- or if you see a player blow up at a coach on the sideline, right? That reporter is going to go right up to that player and say, "Hey, what was that about?" So you're going to get way you're going to get more entertaining answers and more entertaining things that aren't football, which. I do think, you know, the NFL needs because there's still a lot of breaks in the game action. And when people are setting up the plays, it's cool to go here. Um, it's it's cool to hear the play call from the offensive coordinator up in the booth to the quarterback. It's cool to hear the broadcasters, the people in the broadcast booth, play-by-play, and, you know, uh, the, the color guy. They're actually interviewing the coach mid-game, like while the play is going on. And all of that stuff, I am – absolutely 100% here for because you get uh for so to me the actual broadcast of it is better than what I've seen with the NFL because it has so many cool components to it um and the football is not as good so if you're going to sacrifice something on the football you still get more in the entertaining um I don't necessarily want to call it soap opera but I don't really have a better word for it so you get more you know like drama or more uh, just more like content to feed you that's not football. And if that's something that, you know, you enjoy and you enjoy like the pettiness of uh, professional sports, you like some of the better, um, you like some of the more characteristic uh, players who, you know, speak their mind to Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens, whoever, then I think the XFL um, is going to have a really easy time keeping your attention. And I love those players, and that's really what I loved about the the XFL the most. And then hoping that Connor Cook could get in, but he couldn't because the guy the guy in front of him was pretty good. But he kept he kept limping. He kept almost getting hurt. I'm like yeah, now now it's coming, and it didn't. But you're eventually going to see players from even from like this year's you know Michigan and Michigan State teams say they don't get drafted or they end up on a practice squad or something like that um, if they're not getting those looks the XFL is something is going to be something that's a really good option for them so getting into it now where you have the couple players that you know you know probably from like a local college or they played on your professional team or whatever um, just you know moving forward in the future you're going to have more of those 
more of those guys, basically. You know, like, uh, and I think Nikos Allen played in the NFL a little bit. So it's a pretty bad comparison, but he was excellent at Michigan State, a Spartan fan favorite for years and years and years. You know, you ed- ask anybody, like, they're all decades teams. Um, you know, he's always on it, and he just didn't have that great of an NFL career. But if you can watch him after the NFL on Saturday and Sunday, I think that's going to be something that's um, still able to draw people in and grab their attention and then keep their attention because they still have players that they're interested in. Yeah, I mean, getting past, you know, the initial stage of watching the first game, I'm like, okay, who do I know? You know, who, what names are being dropped that you hear? You know, Eli Rogers, Coney Ely, uh, you know, uh, names like that. And you're like, okay, these guys are trying to work their way back to the Chad league. Kanoff. Chad Kanoff. <laughs> um, a lot of guys are, you know, number 40 through 53 on 53-man rosters in the NFL and getting – cut and brought back and cut and brought back and all that stuff. So you got those kind of guys. Um, but then the later stages I was watching and I was seeing how they, how they're changing football. And there were a lot of smaller things that I really liked that I, you know, are an interesting way to force more football. Number one, touchbacks are at the 35. They're not the 20 or 25. So you're forcing people around the, their own 45, 50 yard line to go for it on fourth down because you're not losing that much as far as yardage when they're going to get it back at the 35 yard line. In the final two minutes, the ball, the clock is stopped until the ball is set and ready to go. And you have a ref whose entire job is spotting the football, putting down a live football and getting ready to get the game going continuously. There's not stopping. What a cushy gig. Not causing what you to sit around and wait. Like you, like, you can't mess anything up. You just spot yep. the ball. And you only have a 25-second game mess clock. It up, but. You're a play clock, not 40-second like in the NFL. So you're speeding the game up and forcing more football, and I'm a big fan of that. You got guys that are, you know, this is G League status, guys who are trying to make it to the show, make it back to the show in Coney Ely's uh, situation, Connor Cook's situation, um, Eli Rogers' situation. But in the meantime, you're getting – competent entertaining football is it the level of the nfl absolutely not the tackling is nowhere near what you're going to face in the nfl there was no running back that rushed for over 100 yards this week there was no quarterback that threw for over 300 yards this week that's going to change it's the first week there are jitters absolutely but for what we saw in the first week of a season that hasn't been around for 20 years and has had a really bad taste left in people's mouths when it was here last time i was Really hopeful because I really enjoyed watching the football this weekend. I will say one thing about the level of play is every single bobbled catch that could have possibly been caught, these gentlemen are beyond focused because every single one of those was a catch or an interception. There is not not one bobble up in the air that that hit the ground, at least that I saw. The things you see, and it was really impressive because I was like, like two plays. No, you see it in the NFL and they drop it all the time. Yeah. Like, it's crazy in the XFL. Like, it always got caught. There was a dude, um, I think it was in the Roughnecks game, where they they batted the ball out the out the quarterback's hand. So he so he threw it. Oh, yeah. But he, he threw it as he was getting sacked. So it was like, is it a fumble or incomplete pass? But the ball never hit the ground. Like, it bounced, bounced, bounced around, and this dude ended up catching it with, like, his thigh, basically, or his calf or something. And is I'm like there are some amazing players. There's an old line one too. That was my like, favorite. These dudes are like these dudes are players. These dudes are athletes. They're not you know obviously again they're not NFL but. Well, they're the scrubs. only thing I despise is the punting rules. I don't remember what stood out about them. 
So if the ball goes out of bounds, oh yeah, 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 in within the thirty-five yards, they just get it at the thirty-five yards. They so are stupid. trying to force you to go for it. Right, on fourth down. Now, yeah, make them make them punt it to the return. It's ridiculous. They're, it's they're, ridiculous. But they're trying to force you to play more football. They're trying to take kicking out of it. Clearly, which is you know, and that's what I hate. Touchdown, there's, so there's that's a whole that's the thing rules. that I hate, and it's it's like a very aggressive style of Madden <laughs> come to life. It's actually, yeah, kind of kicking very much will always and should always be a big part of football. I'll say that the kicking was horrible. All the field goals I saw. Well, that's what happens when you don't have... I mean, listen, the kicking in the NFL is not that great. No, no, no. Well, the one dude but who got that, interviewed that, after he missed one, he made the other two. He was two for three for the day. But that might encourage uh, that might encourage teams to go for more, which, again, I'm, I'm all for. I, I'm for going for it. It makes sense. I, I don't want to force this just nonsensical gameplay i don't know if it's nonsensical though i mean you're giving people more more of what they want to see no one wants to see field goals and punts they just don't people don't you know the quick the majority question of football fans pat, don't. pat mcafee does completely yeah, pat off McAfee, topic absolutely. and they got and they got mcafee on the broadcast why is mark as king kicking Excellent. in the xfl why does he not have a job in the nfl marquette king marquette king so he got he i was re- i was reading his um i was reading his his wikipedia and he got hurt he was placed on injured reserve when he was on the Broncos, and then they, uh, and then they reached an injury settlement, and then I he don't was know released. why the Raiders let him go. Because he's a cancer. Oh, he at, is a little... after they signed, they signed him, for, they signed him for five years in twenty sixteen. It's the Raiders. The entire team's a cancer. He is, he is a literal cancer, which you cannot be as a goddamn punter. You cannot be an agent. It's his fault. He's the best athlete on the team. And on stop. It's, right? it's not his fault. Top of it. He stopped being a top five punter that made it worth putting up with a cancer, and he literally pissed off every single coaching staff he ever worked with. Well, learn how to use him. Yeah, I'm sorry. That man's talented. Fakes all the time. He is not consistent, though. And Fakes. that's what you have to be in the NFL. All the time. He's consistent. <laughs> Fakes. See, he is not a great athlete just because he's black. All the time. I didn't say he was because he was he's black. fast. That is exactly why Ryan is saying There are other punters in the NFL. Have you ever seen him run? Name another punter that runs a 3 5 Yes, yes. Sam Sam Martin's a a 3 5. (laughs) He doesn't even run a 4 5. Will you relax? Oh, my Lord. 3 5. Ridiculous. Uh, He talked trash about a man who once punted a ball 72 yards. Oh, my Lord. The thing is, the and Raiders have a punter that's super fast. It's faster than Marquette King. He wishes he was faster than Marquette King. Town, Townsend is his name, right? The fuck is the Raiders punter I name? I think it's Townsend. So not not one ounce of my memory has been committed to learning the, ra- the new Raiders I only Raiders know punter. because I know he hit over. He hit like 20 and a half miles per hour on a fake punt like a couple years ago. Hmm. Seems about 10 miles less than what Marquette no, King is. Not, not even a little bit. Will you stop? So overall, big win for the XFL this weekend. And the fact that it's going to be on ABC, ESPN, and Fox the majority of the season is a huge win because that was one of the things, you know, the Alliance League had a good opening weekend as well. Uh, And it was on major stations. It was on CBS. Uh, And then it went to TNT. And then it went to CBS Sports. And then it went to, like, CBS Sports 2. And then it went to CBS Kind of Sports. 
and it just disappeared <laughs> from view. NBC political. Like nobody, nobody could find it anymore to watch it, and then they ran out of money. You're not going to run out of money here because the man running this is a billionaire, and Vince McMahon very much wants this to succeed. Well, you, you could still very much run out of money. So first, he sold a lot of his stake in WWE he's to start this. A, he, yeah, so he's That's not why he's a billionaire because he well, sold on, that stake, on, a lot though. of that stake. He still has limited funds. He does not have unlimited funds, and they're not funding this or making it any part of the WWE. And that money goes really fast when running an actual sports league, as the Alliance of American Football, or whatever the hell it was, was called. Well, their guy backed out. <laughs> it's not like he's ran out of money. They, he just well, decided, they, I don't want to do well, this. Well, they had multiple money issues in the first like three weeks, four weeks. They of the had season. a complete disaster because, again... The money runs out. Like, you have to – they have to start making money, like decent money quickly through TV revenues, through sponsors, through whatever it well, be. That, WWE has a deal with Fox, so I'm sure part of that deal was airing the XFL. So that's not costing them on that one. ESPN and ABC, yeah, probably. I mean, they – the thing – it feels different because people want it to succeed. People are not making fun of the XFL. People are pulling for the XFL. People are looking at it in a positive light. And it had the most important possible thing. It had a good debut. It had a really good, respected debut. If they had tanked this weekend, it probably tanks the league. But it didn't. And props to the fans of all of these teams that filled up those stadiums for the most part. And, I mean, you got the first drive of the first game of the XFL, and the fans are chanting MVP to to 12-gauge Cardale Jones. That was fantastic. Props to those fans and the fans in general that came out. And you can see in the little ad, I mean, they really are trying to ingratiate themselves into the city. They had all these pictures around D.C., firemen and cops and whatnot holding a big-ass shield, which looked freaking dope. Uh, you know, so they're doing everything they can to be a part of the city and make this thing real. They're not waiting. They're not seeing if it's going to gain traction. They are trying to force the action. And I appreciate that as a football fan because I get to watch entertaining, competent football. Again, not the level of the NFL. Probably is never going to be. But did you enjoy watching it? Was it football? Yeah, absolutely. The crazy thing to me was actually they had like real ticket prices. So the Defenders had over 17,000 fans there, right? Yeah. You could get in new games. The Lions and the, I think it was, the, it was the Lions against Washington. Garbage game this year. But Washington was at home. So we're talking same city, right? Yep. Washington was hosting the Lions this year. They had tickets as low as $4. It's pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and good tickets... We're not expensive. Why did we not go cheap. to DC? Because uh, who was quarterback at the time? No, no, someone, someone very bad was playing quarterback at that time. It was not Matthew Stafford. Uh, hey, Blau was good. Defenders tickets ranged from twenty four dollars to one hundred and seventy dollars, like what people are paying to get it. Hell yeah! Well, your bottom of the barrel ticket was twenty four bucks. Like that's like you can go to you can go to legitimately non hyperbole. You can see any professional sports team in Detroit right now for less than $24. Anyone. Any of them. That's because we are the bottom of the barrel. We're trash. professional sports right now. Right now. Hopefully that will change in the future. Yeah. Thank God for college or I would probably hang myself. If I was truly a Spartan fan, I would probably hang myself. No offense. Um, it's very bleak sporting world right now. I feel bad for you guys. Genuinely. I mean, nothing professional-wise. 
nothing college-wise. Even your basketball season's been a complete disappointment. Like, excuse me, we're uh, we're we're shut up, beat smacking Illinois right up. now. That's fine, but it doesn't turn your season somehow into great. No, uh, us not losing a game Eat the rest of baby. the way turns this season into great. It's like the only thing that can save it. All right, so the biggest news, though, as far as the XFL, obviously, is the touchdown rule, where if you there is no point after for kicking. You go for it from the two, it's worth one point. You go for it from the five, it's worth two points. You go for it from the ten, it's worth three points. So yeah. if you only had to do one the entire season, which one are you doing? Nine, baby. Same. Going for the, going for three that's from the ten. That's all we're doing. I don't care if we're up thirty. We're going for nine. Paul, I I hate it. I hate everything Why? about it. But Why? I just, I just accept it as part of the. It's it's not the NFL gimmick. It's a different game. It's a little different game. I don't know why you hate it. Because it's fun. Stop. <laughs> but no, this is great. Think about it. At some point in this season, we are going to get into a game where with two minutes left, the team with the ball is down 17. And that's a two-possession game. Mm-hmm. And the clock stops inside of two minutes every time until they set the ball and we're ready to go. So there's no, there, there's not the panic of a two-minute drill in the same way there is sometimes in the NFL. Well, it's, it's, you still got to be moving. Oh, you still got to be moving. But think of the t- – you throw a 35-yard pass play. That clock is stopped while everyone runs up to the line. It is not running. It's not tick-tick, tick-tick, tick-tick. You've got 12 seconds you save there time and time again on long plays where you don't have to worry about playing the, playing the sidelines. You can go for it in the middle of the field. It opens up the playbook. It gives you more action in football. And at some point, we're going to be in that And position. what is it? The, I can't wait for it. Is it the last three minutes of the game? The clock stops after Two every minutes. play, no matter what? So you can't take a knee? Ooh. I didn't even think of that aspect of it. No. not No, because the clock will stop until they set the ball again. Well, the play clock would stop, mm-hmm. too. Right? Yeah, but it's only a 25-second play clock in the so XFL. you still take a knee. You're just not, not burning off as much time. Oh, I thought I thought it just stopped and no, like no, no. it didn't go again until you snapped. No, no, it's it like first down. I think it's like college. Yeah, first down rules. Exactly. They set the ball. We're ready to go. Clock gets running again. Oh yeah, because one team one team didn't get off. Uh, I think it was at the end of the first half too, and one team was trying to kick a field goal and they didn't get it off because there's only one second left. As soon as it spotted it, the second round off. <laughs> snaps it. False start. Got. NBA trade deadline has come and gone. The Pistons are no longer the home of one Andre Drummond. Oh, I thought we were done uh, with the cast. Cleveland is still the home of Kevin Love. For the life of me, I can't figure that one out. Uh, and Tristan Thompson. And Andre Drummond. <laughs> and, yes, well, and, Andre I would, Drummond. and Larry, and Larry Nance Jr. Andre Iguodala got his ass out of Memphis, where he didn't want to be in the first place, and made that very evident before the season even started. Uh, the Clippers... Picked the pocket of the Lakers a few can't, different times. Can't gloss over Iguodala also getting an extra year of pay. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Two-year, $30 million. Two years of pay. I think that was pretty, 15 this is mil per. Balling. Absolutely. <laughs> all-time finesse moves. So, some some sort of big names. No one super huge. I mean, the largest would be Iguodala. And, I mean, not that big of a name anymore. He's just, what? What? Who was a bigger name? 
D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins got traded. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about those two. <laughs> <laughs> That's a head-scratcher in its own right. Not for not for the Timberwolves, but... I Look, you, Ryan, you and I have been on the, the Wiggins is a you know better player than advertised train. But uh, I don't know how well he's going to fit into the Warriors next season when they got everyone back. Who cares? I care. That's why I brought I mean, he, he could fit in and be... Superman Harrison Barnes. But what they also got is two they got two unprotected first round picks, I think. Um and they might even have one of their own. So if the Wolves are bad next year, which they still might be, then you have a potential like top 8 pick uh for next year's draft, which is supposed to be way better than whatever this one is. And then if you're the Warriors, you know, you can find yourself uh, trading Wiggins for a superstar, right? He's going to have the salary to match because I think he makes $31, 33000000 million um, the next year and then the next two years or something like that. It might even be higher in like 33 35 But he's going to have the salary to match, you know, any type of unhappy superstar in their situation. And then, you know, you tell that guy, hey, we can send you to Golden State. He's probably not nixing it. And then the Warriors can send back, you know, obviously not only Wiggins, who still won't be old, uh, depend, you know, still to be seen how good he's going to be with Golden State. And if a true culture fit can um, or culture change can help can help him develop into the player that he was supposed to be or at least closer to the player he's supposed to be. And then you have, you know, two un two unprotected first round picks that you can uh, that you can give them as well. So then you know you don't feel like you're getting uh, fleeced in the deal with whoever the guy is that um, that you'd be giving up. So they set themselves up really well, I think, uh, both ways. Whether Wiggins becomes a great player in Golden State and is you know is now really the third option on the. Uh, on the offense behind Steph and then obviously Clay when they come back. And, you know, Draymond and Steph will be doing all the ball handling. So Wiggins really won't have to do much. And you, you're never going to see double teams if you're Andrew Wiggins. So all of that paints to be, uh, you know, a really good pitcher for him. Um, and obviously it's just up to him to, to take advantage of it. So I really like the move for the Warriors. And then even for the Wolves to pair together um, – Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know how uh, how active you guys are on Twitter, but apparently both of those guys are really good friends with Devin Booker, and they've all been um, vocal about wanting to play together. So in a couple of years, you know, for the the Wolves too, you see if Devin Booker is a trade that they can swing if he's trying to force his way out of Phoenix, um, or you know just try and get him in free agency. You'll probably be one of one of the more desired destinations if you have you know two two of his boys on the team, and then you can put together a legitimate uh, big three surrounding there. So for both teams, I think the trade made a lot of sense with you know potentially massive payoff in the future. Can we talk about the Clippers, please? It's the trade deadline. We can talk about every team involved in it. But only one team's moves mattered because the Clippers won the title. They mattered this year. The Clippers but... won the title this year at the trade deadline. Now, I already think the Cl- I already thought the Clippers were going to win the title. And I'm pulling for the Lakers, so it sucks. But I really do think the Clippers are going to win because they have the best fucking team. And they have two exceptional exceptional players surrounded by a extremely good supporting cast 
and all they did was add more great experienced supporting cast like more shooting more experience more depth more everything they're going fucking 10 deep in the playoffs if they want to and not losing a lot of whatever the amount of rotations that they can now mix and match as they see fit based on situation matchup fouls whatever the fuck they feel like doing that's the title team that is far and away the best team in basketball this year and as long as Kawhi or Paul George or Patrick Beverly don't get hurt they're going to win the title like barring catastrophic they always group these players what they always group these players that don't deserve to be there who was it last week Reggie Jackson and like LeBron James or some shit. Patrick Beverly is very important. Or two he weeks ago. Important to that, team. that was Kawhi No, Paul he's George. not the same level. But they, but they did add they did add Marcus Morris. Um, it was you know their their one add. Already basically. got into it tonight and with Embiid. He did. He's already uh, already shining in in yep. his new role as uh, as enforcer. But <laughs> I, I mean the Clippers were again you know, a contender regardless, like you said. I don't know that Marcus Morris guarantees you an NBA title though. No, but it gives you another person to put on LeBron and try and wear him down more in a game. Um, it's no longer just Kawhi and Paul George and sometimes Patrick Beverly being the pest that he is. You've got more bodies now. Wait, that... wait, hold up. Hold up a second. What is the problem? What happened to Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas they, got uh, waved. He waved him. God dang. He was, yeah, That's how he, good the Clippers he got, are. He, he That's how got, good the Clippers they, are. They already said they were releasing him before that he even got there. That is how good. The <laughs> right? They announced a trade and we're like, yeah, by, by the, the way, way, Isaiah, tell you, you don't even yeah. have to show up if you don't want. Like, you don't have to buy your own ticket. <laughs> like, you're, you're just like, wasting bro, You got money. a summer home? Yeah. Go there. You just go to Washington if you want. <laughs> you this stay poor up. guy. God. No, no need to put your house up. This man was about to get paid. At, like, bro, one month away from, from a being max. really paid was the top scorer in the fourth quarter of the NBA that year at almost 30 points a game. And then, what was it, the quad or the hammy? There was something up I there. I it was his hip. Or was it his hip? Yeah, something around that area. And <laughs> back something. went from backing up the Brinks truck yeah, all downhill from to there. everyone yeah. going, oh, you five foot eight and you hurt. I mean, and he played through it, too. He played through that. He played through Sister. his uh, his sister's murder. Like, man. And then he got shipped out. <laughs> he has, oh, terrible poor guy. But, yeah, Clippers but, made some nice moves for, you know, for some depth. Uh, something the Lakers definitely do not have. Lakers got snubbed again as Darren Collison said, nah, fam, I'm good. I'm not coming out of retirement, uh, even though it would be a nice fit for L.A. L.A., you know, Lakers are in trouble because when LeBron's not on the floor, they don't know what to do. And I understand he's playing, you know, like he's on a mission this year, but again, the dog days of May and June, you know, he's that, that body's going to wear down. I don't yeah, it was, a LeBron, hip. it was a hip injury. It was a hip injury? It was his yeah. hip that derailed him, yeah. Then he had arthroscopic surgery on it. All right. I was with you, you know, on the Clippers, you know. I said L.A., Boston, but not the Lakers. So, it's – Ryan's big thing is, oh, I don't know if Marcus Morris gives you a championship. It's the fact that – It doesn't guarantee you a championship. The Clippers were going to be in the mix That's what I'm saying. So, that's the thing. So, the Clippers were clearly the best team in the NBA. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It's not clearly. It's not clearly. They haven't played – they've – Paul George and Kawhi have played like 18 games together. They haven't gotten the cohesive yet. And look not... at them. Think and look about at them. Up. They that. just lost to Philadelphia, who freaking Charles Barkley just called SOF capital T soft. They get a warm-up series or two in the playoffs to boot to get cohesive together. Like, it, it's a lock. So, 
You got the Clippers. There's four teams with a better you got record. The Clippers are already the best team. And none of the other teams, the Lakers didn't add anyone crazy. No one added. No, because they, they like really their cohesiveness with the team they do have where they so have a better took, record than the Clippers. You oh my <laughs> right, God. They're also they're right, first in the conference. I, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I want the Lakers to win the title so bad this year. But I, I don't see it happening outside of some fucking 2009 level officiating. I think it was 2009, right? The Kings. When 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 did the Kings get screwed? What that was absolutely 2002. not two thousand and nine. Two thousand and two. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm a little retarded right now. Uh, Robert Ory hit the biggest three of my life. He hit the biggest three of my life too. You bitch. Oh god. <laughs> Fuck that. I was so mad at Rashid. Uh, so anyway, different year, different Ori. <laughs> outside of something like that happening. I don't see it happening. The Clippers are the best team. Nobody else got oh, no. better. Miami. Oh, that's not true. Miami's Miami's stop, 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 stop. Miami's not good ready yet. I love Miami, and I would love to see them there. And I, t- I already told you guys that's who I'm rooting for out of the East, but I don't – we talked about this on podcast two weeks ago. We had this conversation, but they're not – What do you mean? They, they brought additions. in the LeBron stopper. Listen. Andre Iguodala. You, you think Morris doesn't give you a title. <laughs> Iguodala does not give you a goddamn title, okay? Especially – Nobody said the game was title. You just said nobody else yeah, got better. Iguodala did give no, Golden State a title. I said no contenders got better. I do not cons- absolutely do not consider Miami a contender. And I'm the one that was trumping them two weeks ago. So Well, you got two less wins than the Clippers. Dude. Oh, my God. None of the other teams that are going to beat the Clippers got a lot better. The Clippers added a really good player that is more depth, more rotation capability, and they were already the best team. It's going to take injury to Houston bought all, all in on small balls, sent Capella away. Raining threes on that, That's so much fun. I'm I'm so happy that that happened, that P.J. Tucker is playing center. The only way. And then you got Covington. I, I like the addition I, of Covington I a lot, too. I am extremely curious. The only way that I could see things flipping on their head is if Lakers fans are able to take over Staples. And I don't know. Like they've done for Well, it's going to be weird, though, because – And we talked <laughs> about this earlier this year. That's why I said it's really unfair – that they almost have to play seven road games, but they do have their they season have ticket holders. And are they going to be selling their tickets during the playoffs? You wouldn't think so, but they got who? Billy Crystal. The, the, the tickets Bronco? are going to be so goddamn high, they might be like, eh, "I'm going to take a vacation with this money instead." Um, they make, well, like Lou Lou William Lou Williams said it. They might be the first team that gets booed during their uh, championship that's what, that's parade. That's what they're going for. <laughs> they during the parade for sure. But we'll see what happens. And that, that really is the equalizer. And it's super unfair to the Clippers. It really is. But that's life, I guess, when you got two teams in the same town and you're the freaking redheaded stepchild. That, you think that they is make the road team stay in a hotel? What? You think they make the road team stay in a hotel? Like, oh, games one and two are the Lakers. Games I don't, three, I don't four, think you could force it. So games three, four, and five, Lakers, y'all got to stay in hotels in L.A. What is wrong with you? Well, that's what you do as a road team. Yeah, I, I, Half them probably I don't know that they would hotel. force that. I'm just saying. I bet the I bet the NBA. Oh, I don't know who if it's the team or if it's the league that like buys the hotel rooms. I think they would still probably have to buy them anyway. You know what I mean? To like quote unquote mm-hmm. fill them up. I don't. I, this is nonsense. All right, did you all? Any of y'all have a big beef with the trade deadline on a yes. team not making a move? No, not move. We <laughs> traded Drummond for nothing. We were going to lose him anyway. I would rather have lost him. 
Maybe. I mean, now he said he wants to have done. Well, he definitely. Maybe it's just because he's in he Cleveland, but I don't understand Cle- why Cleveland's like such a such a great fucking long-term it, it's, option. It's pathetic what the Pistons did. We traded. We have so many people we could have traded and sabotaged ourselves from doing so. And then we trade our one asset for literally nothing. Like, what? What are we we have no trade him for, uh, we for have peace no of mind. direction. We have no anything. We're just fucking floundering. Well, there's a clear direction yeah. now. <laughs> we can lose downward. as many games as you can. Yeah, if they had done this, I don't know, fucking two months ago. I, I mean, it's just they our tried. season. Yeah, no, they didn't. They could have. You don't, you don't want everyone. the eighth pick again? We could have traded so many people so long ago. I'd way rather have the eighth pick than ridiculous. fucking 13th. Absolutely ridiculous, man. I I'm so goddamn annoyed. I pathetic. Pathet- you you want to talk I about mean, yeah, Spartan they trade him for peace of mind. Spartan then, administration being trash. I'll trade you. And then thankfully they've lost a bunch since then. So so garbage. I'm so mad about that. I I for the for life of me cannot figure pick. out how the Boston Celtics did not bring in Kevin Love. The Celtics need outside shooting. The Celtics need to beef up their front Money. court and get some size, and they need some rebounding. Kevin Money. Love brings you all of Money. those. And because Danny, Ainge I understand holds on he owes he owes ninety million. <laughs> like, he's owed ninety Martin million dollars. D'Antonio holds on to assistance. I know he's getting thirty mil a year. Signed a four year deal last That's year. That's what for it is. It's money. It's money. That's the reason. That's the only reason. It's money. Kevin Love. Yeah, I understand. So you work something out with Cleveland where they pay half of it, and you're giving them some draft picks know. because the Celtics are stacked with freaking draft picks. Well, Cleveland has a bunch of young players anyway. Maybe they want garbage players. ones. Yeah, Colin Sexton. Woo! Trash. I just, I I can't. I mean. That move made so much sense to me for Boston to go get Kevin Love. It would have helped them so much in the East and nothing. Not a single move by the Celtics. I feel so bad for... Hey, man, I think the Cavs wanted players. I mean, the Celtics have players to spare, too. I mean, they're... they're, Give Taco Falls big ass to them. Who are they giving up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Cavs probably asking for, like, Marcus Smith. Nah, fucking Carson Edwards. (laughs) Danny Ainge is goddamn... Give you Carson Edwards... And our first pick next year, give us Kevin Love and pay half the contract. I don't. They're not getting rid of Kevin Love to pay half his contract for four years. They're not doing anything with them right now. Why not? Paying the whole thing to do what? Lose sixty games a year? Wonderful. So I feel bad for Kevin Love, and I I do too for John Beeline. A waste of Hall of Fame talent. Oh Mm. I mean, shit. The the Hawks. The Hawks basically got Clint Capella for free. They didn't yeah, give that's, shit. that's they have Evan that's Turner crazy too. In the Nets, pick. I don't understand how Clint Capella is so just not cared for anymore. It's like one of those things in the in the three team trade where you try and like sneak yourself in. I don't. I go. We'll get this and only give this up. So who did? And it worked. I can't even think now. Who did? Um, who did they get in return? I forgot. They got a center. They got Covington. Uh, Covington yeah. and Jordan Bell, who they waived. Like, do you Man, even let's think go get a Bell. big upgrade? Like, Covington? Yeah. Yeah, I love Rocco. You think he's a big upgrade over Capella, though? For what Houston's trying no, to do. Not, they're not playing the same I, position. I know that, but I'm, that's, that's what they swapped out. Houston wants to run small now. So, for what their plans are going forward, Covington fits them a heck of a lot better than Capella. Guess I don't know. I yeah, like Capella. Five I think players Capella's that can well. Damn good player. Westbrook can't really. Oh, I think Capella's a good player too. Four players that can shoot. 
I mean, what like, was that record that Houston had when he was healthy he is, in the he lineup with free. Harden? They were like 71-1 and one or some shit. It was something stupid. Going into that Western Conference Finals the year they almost took down Golden State. Yeah, him. Was it him, Chris Paul, and Harden all yeah. in the lineup were like ridiculous. They didn't play that many games though, so it wasn't seventy-one and one. But it was fucking. It was like thirty in the middle, of like two or some. It was something stupid. I don't know. I've always liked Capella. They just didn't play together I, a lot, but when was, they did, they always fucking. Lose. I, I One of them like, was always hurt. I feel like they could have found different ways to make a move, or get more for Capella. Like I don't know. Well, they're the Rockets. They're not really that good. They just pretended they got their five out. Good question. Very off topic. Did I pick Maryland to win the Big Ten? I don't remember. In football, no. No, not in football. What the fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, we all picked Michigan State to Try win the national championship. That's a lot different. Though. That's you picked a lot them to win different. the Big Ten. It's, true. it's not football. It's not football. It's a lot different than basketball. I think I did, and I can't remember. And it's pissing me off, and I don't want to go back and listen to the goddamn cast again. Yeah, you're going to have to because I don't remember. <laughs> Let's go. Who else? I'm trying to think who else was in. I mean, because Miami did more than Iggy. I mean, you got Jay, you got Jay Crowder. Last year, you guys had there. a three-game skid in conference play. Do you remember when? Yeah, February. Was yeah. it around the same time? Yeah, it was February. And Indiana was part of it, too. Although... Yeah, I think it was Indiana, although Illinois. Although I'm not sure if Indiana was part of this one. Minnesota, maybe? Was Indiana part of the three-game skid, or were they before the three-game skid? No, I think they were part of it. No, they were part of the no, three-game skid. No, they were One of their two losses. No, I'm talking about... This year. This year, no. Before. You guys are actually yeah, three and year. five in your last eight games. Holy shit. Yeah, it's been bad. So it happens when you lose three in a row. <laughs> yeah, but you then you still lost two of three before that. Like, or two of, no, I'm we sorry, lost two, two of five, five before that. Two and three before that. And one of those wins was fucking Northwestern. That one doesn't count. With Minnesota getting Russell, that, that's the one and the two in the same draft, right? Towns, Russell, yeah. Yeah, it was Towns, Russell, Okafer. What a shitty draft. <laughs> Towns, Russell are sweet. Okafer, he so. does not. He's actually been really good since he came back and he went all straight vegan. God damn. No, yeah, you're, you're right. He doesn't suck. He's not a fucking factor in any team that he plays for. But when he gets on, but when he gets on the court. He puts up numbers. He fucking like 18 Yeah, he puts up numbers like... <laughs> He put up numbers of the whole Anthony Davis fiasco where he was was only playing like 20 minutes a game when he came back. Remember? Like his last year. Yeah, he's balling. <laughs> yeah, Okafor balled out at the end of the year yeah. last year. Like halfway through. Picked his ass up in fantasy. But yeah, I think uh, we got any more of the, the trade deadline or are we out in that? No, we're out. All right, then, Ryan. Unless. unless Do the thing. Boom, boom, boom. So, make sure that you guys are following us. First of all, thank you for uh, listening to another edition of our podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our social medias. Our Facebook is going to be Sports Carnage Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Carnage. And then you can listen to our podcast on Podbean and on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, whatever you prefer to call it. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, share, all the buttons that you can hit except the dislike button. Go do that for every single one of our pages. We very, very much appreciate it. For Ryan Griffin. Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Bazin. We are Sports Carnage. Thank you for listening another hour and a half with us. And we'll be back with you all next week.